if you heard about this, but the liberal liberal government has uh, issued a request for proposals. This is from Global News. They're seeking one or two experts to do research and report back on youth radicalization. Joining us now is Mubin Sheikh. He's ex-CSIS and RCMP operative. Mubin, great to have you on the show once again. Thanks for having me. Mubin, I find it interesting they're seeking only one or two experts. Does that sound short-sighted or limited to you? Um, it does seem odd. Uh, usually they would be looking at it, be an information gathering period, and they would start to bring in all these kinds of reports. But what's interesting is that a lot of work's already been done. Uh, in Quebec, for example, the Montreal Center for the uh, Prevention of Radicalization Leading to Violence, uh, they've been doing really well. They got funding from the province as well as the city of Montreal, uh, buy-in from the mayor. And so they've been doing a lot of good work. Uh, they don't focus just on, uh, you know, um, terrorism and Islamic costume, but also white supremacy uh, or even gangs. So this kind of psychosocial counseling-based approach is what Ontario is trying to replicate now. I wanted to ask you about that. You know, when you're talking about uh, terrorist groups and white supremacist groups, can you lump all the radicalization into the same uh, category? Uh, you can put a general frame around uh, all types of violent extremism with the sense of, meaning, belonging, identity, you know, power out of a situation of perceived powerlessness. Uh, all those things are general across the board with, I mean, street gangs, ultra-nationalists. Uh, but then you will need to have uh, specific elements into the program depending on what brand of violent extremism you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. The province's uh, Minister of Children and Youth Services says that he believes uh, young people can become radicalized when they don't see a future. Is that a fairly simplistic way to view radicalization? It, it is simplistic because, again, the, the topic is very, very complex. We're dealing with human beings. We're dealing with you know individual psychology versus group psychology of the society. So, yeah, feelings of marginalization and not belonging, they're going to look for loyalty to something else and someone else. And there's always a malevolent, destructive force waiting to take advantage of young, vulnerable people. Are there any working models besides what you're talking about in Montreal countering, you know, youth radicalization that we can actually start emulating right now? I think that in Canada we have a very good situation, you know, where, uh, if I can say we're not America, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do believe in multiculturalism. I think, you know, the assimilation thing is one thing, but we're not like Europe, you know, and so uh, we have a good relationship with the Muslim community, and they've been doing a lot of stuff already, but, you know, informal, uh, off the record, so to speak. So now what they're trying to do here is formalize uh, these processes that are already happening. Is time of the essence here because we haven't seen any sort of uh, terrorism on our shores yet? Well, it uh, depends, again, you know, what kind of terrorism we're talking about. I was involved in a Toronto 18 case, of course, but that was 10 years ago, and then now we have ISIS. So, you know, even me, myself, I'm dealing with an ISIS returnee. Uh, you know, he went when he was 19. Right. What do you do with these people, right? So there, I don't know what kind of plans are in place. I've tried to get information out of the, the agencies, but, you know, by the nature of their activities, they're very covert. Uh, I don't know what, what things are in place. There are some people doing the right things, uh, and what we just need to do is stick to what we know works. And what do you think works as far as uh, key, counter uh, radicalization of, of youth? Yeah, if I can, again, make it simplistic, it's very complex. Please do. Uh, yeah, one is uh, the, the bond or the rapport between the counselor. So the personal relationship with the counselor is a significant element. Another significant element is that whatever rehabilitation they go through, it must resonate, quote, with their sacred values, close quote. So if we're talking about a Christian person, maybe they came from a Christian family and, 
you know, they're converting to this, you know, extreme version of Islam uh, to rebel against their parents because they have, you know, parental issues at home. So these are things that will need to be brought out. But that kind of rapport with the counselor uh, resonating with sacred values and a reintegration program, you know, something that involves peers, something that involves public activities, uh, these sorts of things. And you you mentioned before, this isn't just about, uh, you know, radicalization as far as, uh, you know, terrorist groups. This is also about white supremacist groups. Well, yeah, sometimes, I mean, white supremacist groups can also be terrorists. Yep. I mean, you know, when we if it's a political motive, uh, then it's terrorism. So if it's a race-based uh, crime, that, that might be separate. But, you know, in Charleston, South Carolina, when that white supremacist kid shot, you know, African-Americans in church, he did it to start a race mm. war. Right. So so it is, you know, radicalization is a general, normal human process where people become increasingly extreme in their views. And that happens to everybody. Right. So if you imagine the world after 9-11, we all radicalized, became more extreme. So so it will be able to deal with all sorts of violence, extremism, as long as we understand the topic correctly and we apply it and implement it properly. In your speech last week, Federal Foreign Affairs Minister Christia Freeland said that preventing radicalization often starts most effectively at the community level when we work with local leaders to develop early intervention tailored to local conditions. How true is that movement now when youth are existing globally within social media? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, But your point is is spot on. It must be community-driven. The perception that a program could be government-driven it lacks credibility, it lacks authenticity. Nobody's going to come and bring their kid to you if they think you're going to you know, call up the RCMP or CSIS on their activities. Hmm. But at the same time, when you have teachers who might also be seeing these sorts of things, you know, you, you have a duty to report if you see that there is something that's really whatever, or you, the teacher, could do it yourself. I mean, it's up to you whether you feel it's report-worthy or not, but let communities do their thing. That's where young people intersect with most. Uh, they, they generally won't. There's mistrust with the government. I mean, the nature of government activities as enforcement and coercive, it's not really conducive to, to rehabilitating young people. Well, I wonder if that's why they're only seeking one or two experts to do research here. If it's sort of, you know, uh, kind of to placate everyone to make us feel like, well, we're doing the right thing here. The government's looking out for us. Yeah, you know, there is there is this impetus, uh, you know, for, for people, for countries to do something, quote-unquote, about the radicalization. Um, and we don't want to alienate, you know, any one community, the Muslim community. It makes no sense just to pick on them when there's all this other kind of you know, symbiotic union extremism. One feeds the other, right? It's, it's ironic because I hear, you know, anti-Muslim haters and jihadists is saying the same thing. Islam commands you to kill non-believers, and they even quote the same verses, you know, so it just shows you, you know, that they're on the right page, so we should be on some other page. I appreciate uh, you joining us as always, Mubin. You're very informative and a pleasure to have on the show. Thank you very much. Thanks very much. Mubin Sheikh, ex-CSIS and RCMP operative.